listening to another empowering message from Adam Ganey, pastor of Freedom Center, Tauranga. For more information about our church, please visit freedomcenter.nz. Well, don't have a seat yet. We're going to keep standing for the Word of God. Are you ready? Oh, man. I put up a post, hey, that, that I'm going to be preaching on how to get free from demonic spirits and witchcraft. So, you know, I just want you to know that when you're growing and people are coming from all over the place, you generally want to preach like Matthew 11, yeah, come to me, all you ye who are heavy laden, I'll give you rest, make everyone feel good, clap, few tears in the house, go home. You know, how can we keep people here? I just want to pre-warn you that this message may offend you. This message may feel like I'm stepping on your toes. This message may feel like, oh man, pastor's in my lounge room. He's in my bedroom. Why is he saying this stuff? But I want to ask you to open your heart up to the Spirit of God because this is Freedom Center. And I would be a phony knockoff if I didn't, pre- didn't actually present the Word of God in its fullness to you. So 2 Kings 23, verse 1 to 5, this is the story of King Josiah. Some of you know my son's name is Josiah. We were in the hospital room saying, Lord, what do we, what do we name this kid? And uh, so we're, we had two names that we liked, and then we read the story of Josiah in 2 Kings 22 and 23. And if you don't know the story of King Josiah, he's an eight-year-old boy that gets promoted to a king. And then some years later, he starts to um, reignite the Word of God in the house of God because the people had strayed away. He clear out the temples of all of the idols and the idolatrous priests and he starts to get rid of some stuff so that and he becomes a catalyst for the greatest revival some some would say we've ever seen he becomes a catalyst because number one he stands up for the word of God and number two he gets rid of anything that God doesn't like and I believe I believe the Lord is raising up people with the spirit of King Josiah on them in this last in these last days so it says in verse 1 Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments, his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart and with all of his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand just like we are right now, taking a stand for the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, don't name your child that, it's a weird name, the priests of the second order, and the doorkeepers to bring out the temple of the Lord and all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them. Everyone say, he burned them. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Father, would you ignite your word this morning? We bind any wicked spirits that would come to take and snatch the word away from people's hearts. And we release your presence in this place in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Hannah. Can we give it up for Hannah with her awesome playing the keyboards? So good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Right. A couple of questions that I want to ask you, church, first here this morning. One, and you've got to answer this for yourself. Do I really believe the word of God? Do I really believe the Word of God? Not like I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I, I have a, a devotional app on my phone, and I read it five minutes before I go to bed and first five minutes in the morning. I'm asking you, is the Word of God your defining factor in life? Is this where you go to? Is this what determines the decisions in your life? Do you really believe all of Or do we pick and choose what we like and what we don't like, we kind of skip over it. You have to answer this question for yourself in these days. Let me tell you, we need to be people of the Word of God. I don't have an option. I gave up my, you know the Bible says when you got saved that your life is not your own. So you were actually meant to die 
for all of your own kind of wants and needs the moment you got saved. If you get saved here today, you give your life to Jesus and you get baptized, the Bible says that your old life dies. So if my old life is dead, my new life is in obedience to the word of God. I don't actually have the right anymore to disagree with it, to, to say, oh, that's not for me, it was for their time. I have to become a believer. We have to become believers, Freedom Center, that, that not only believe, but obey the word of God no matter how hard it might be for us this will keep you this will protect you this will keep you safe your your own life your future generations if we live by the word of God there is safety in fact Jesus says if you love me keep my commandments he says if you love me keep them keep them not only means to do them but to protect them fight for the word of God guard the word of God Protect them, keep them from harm's way. This word is the only thing that will set you free. Online, you need to understand, Instagram will not set you free. This word will guide your life. This word will set you free. This word will put you on the straight and narrow path and protect you. The Bible says he'll put us on the highway of holiness where no ravenous wolves can even come and attack us. But if you're off that path, you're open to attack. And so here's the thing, we need to believe the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Number two, the second question that I want to ask you, and I want you to ask this to yourself. If I knew that there was an open doorway in my life for demons to have access to me and my family, would I do everything I can to close it? Think about that for a second. If I knew, because a lot of us, these open doors, the enemy's really clever, or he thinks he's clever, until this morning that there was an open doorway in my life, would I do everything I can to close it for me and my family? I hope, I hope this morning the answer is yes. I hope this morning that your preferences or what you're used to doesn't get in the way of us this morning closing some spiritual doorways and blocking access. By the end of today, we're gonna have a big access denied to the devil. You have no more right over my life anymore and over my family. So another question, because people argue about this all the time, and I don't want to get into the theology of it, but can a Christian have a demon? Well, in your spirit, your spirit is saved, sanctified, the devil cannot touch you. You're holy, blameless, and above reproach. But the Bible says he's the hunter of the soul. So demons can come and live in your soul and in your flesh, in your body. I'm going to go out and say something here. I think Christians have more demons than athletes because you're the target of the enemy. I've cast out more demons out of Christians than I ever have out of unbelievers. <laughs> Let's be real. People that say that Christians can't have a demon do not move in deliverance. They just haven't laid their hands on people enough to see Christians spin their head around and turn their eyes around. They're worshiping Jesus 15 minutes later, slithering on the floor like a snake. They're not bad people. They just have open doors. I got saved. I got saved, born again, radical, preaching the gospel to everyone. Three months later, I'm at the front of Freedom Center Church in Melbourne, literally slithering on the floor like a snake for 15 minutes, banging my head on the floor. I thought I was completely set free. Little did I know I had 21 demons, all on camera, came out of me, one, two, 21 demons. And so I got born again, again. I experienced freedom like I'd never experienced it before. tell you a couple of stories. When I came to Christ, um, my, my story was that these two people at Melbourne Airport were, were preaching the gospel to me. And um, for, for three months, I was like mocking them. Don't bring that Jesus near me. All of it, you know, I was just the worst guy. I mean, I, I would have given up on me. Praise God, they didn't give up on me, but I probably would have given up on me. Anyway, so as I got closer to giving my life to Jesus, it's, it's like the demonic realm started opening up in my life. Because I'd been involved in ecstasy, cocaine, MDMA, all kinds of different drugs, what happened was that, that there was an open doorway to the demonic realm. And so when these guys were preaching the gospel to me, I would see things for, like I'm talking about, like especially when it got close to me giving my life to Jesus, there was about two weeks solid where I would be driving in the car, legit, no joke, and I would look, if someone would pass me in another car, and you know you give someone the cheeky like look and you make that awkward eye contact. 
for about two weeks straight, I promise you, everybody had cobwebs in their eyes, like something out of a horror movie. I was tormented, tormented by demonic spirits. The, the whole demonic realm was opened up to me like never before, even before I got saved. So that was kind of my introduction to Christianity. Three days old, I've shared this story before, I had three days saved, and I find myself at McDonald's car park with one of this woman that we'd been preaching the gospel to. We're on fire, three days old in the Lord, preaching, and, uh, and so she rings me and my friend up at about three in the morning, and she's got like a really deep voice, something's up, she's, she's like manifesting on the phone. I'm fresh in Christ, don't know what's going on. Me and my friend, like, you know, like Ghostbusters, we like go down to, to McDonald's at three in the morning, and she's parked at the back, the windows are all foggy, and she's literally like levitating off the floor. She is different voices are coming out of her. She'd been involved in all kinds of witchcraft. I'm three days old in Christ. I'm thinking to myself, what is this Christianity stuff? This is crazy. Why did I do drugs for so long? This has nothing compared to actually walking with Jesus. This is nothing. What is going on? Why are the Christians that I meet so boring? Why are they so square? Because if you're really walking in this stuff, you see the things that Jesus did, deliverance, healing, the, you know, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, man, this is wild. So I, told this, I rang my pastor at the time, because I didn't know what to do. I'm three days old in the Lord. So if you get saved today, Wednesday you might be doing this. I'm just joking. But was, I was three days old in Christ. And so I ring my pastor, and, I, and it was three in the morning. I don't know why he answered his phone. Every pastor knows you, knows you never answer your phone at three in the morning. I'm kidding. Maybe not. Someone sent me a meme the other day. It was about a pastor saying, you can contact me at any time. And then like the phone on silent and the pastor snoozing. I was like, oh man. Anyway, um, so I rang my pastor and he, he said, you know what's going on? We said, you know, this girl, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I've seen her before. You know, he'd seen her around before. He said, she has a spirit of witchcraft. All you need to do is lay hands on her and say, spirit of witchcraft, come out of her in Jesus' name. And so I'm like, no, 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 you've got to come, you've got to do it. And he just said, no, nah, you do it. And he hung up. Now, I praise God for him. I praise God for him rather than coming to my rescue. You know, the pastor's here. He actually threw me in the deep end at three days old. We both put our hands on her. We said, spirit of witchcraft, come out of her in Jesus' name. She lavitates off the, off the thing, starts convulsing, and this demon leaves her, screeches out of her. She starts crying and praying in tongues and gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're freaking out, not knowing what is going on. So my entrance into this following Jesus was a little bit not normal. Or maybe it was normal, actually. Maybe, we need to, maybe that needs to become normal. Maybe that is normal. And maybe when we just put our hands up and say a little prayer and go home like nothing's changed, that's why nothing changes. So, so if you're going to give your life to Jesus this morning, you've got to come and you've got to repent and you've got to surrender everything at the foot of the cross and say, I need to be forgiven, Lord. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I commit everything to you. And if you do that, things will be a little bit different. So I'm, you know, I enroll in Bible college. I'm young in the Lord and um, I'm at my my still living at my dad and my stepmom's house and I love them and have a great relationship with them um, and so I made the decision to move out into a house which was four Bible college students now don't get the wrong idea here four Bible college students that were barely saved right so four like we would have prayer meetings till all hours of the morning and then you'd think we're all holier than thou and then the next day there's things going on in that house you think are these guys even saved like it was just young and just going for it you know and so I um, go to move out and the night before I move out I'm, I'm having demonic attacks again I got born again I'm set free but I was under the spiritual covering of an Islamic home and so I'm there and I'd moved everything out. I'm sleeping in the spare room on the last night. And I'm telling you, every time, every time I went to go to sleep, as I'm falling asleep, like somebody whispering in your ear, but loud, right there, five, six, seven times, wake up. And I'd wake up 
thinking, what is going on? First time, didn't think much of it. Second time, I felt this dark, evil presence in the room. It kept going. I'm praying. I'm doing everything I know how. I'm the name of Jesus. I'm going in there, getting, going downstairs, getting oil from the tray of my grandma's baklava, and I'm putting it on the door. I'm, I'm doing everything I know how. I'm praying in tongues, saying the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. I've got no peace, and this thing keeps saying to me, wake up every time I go to go to sleep. This is real, guys. This isn't Western Christianity, come to church, hallelujah, and then go home and nothing changes. This is what we're dealing with, spiritual warfare. Yeah? And so this thing keeps saying, wake up. Anyway, the Lord shows me. It's like, I don't know, I'm young in the Lord. I just, this, this, on the bookshelf, there was a picture, right, and it's like that picture was just highlighted to me. It was obviously the Lord speaking to me, but I didn't have language for it. So I get up, I'm, I'm, my heart's racing a million miles an hour. I'm, I'm so upset that this thing won't let me go to sleep. I knew that there was something demonic in the room. I, I move the picture, and as I move the picture, there's a little elephant that my parents got from Bali when they went there, and they brought it back as a souvenir. Tiny little thing, you know, with the, the thing on it, the, with all the jewels on it, the elephant. Anyway, and I just knew. I knew that I knew that I knew I have to get rid of this thing. Anyway, so I grabbed this little elephant. So if you've never dealt with this, this sounds silly, but this is real. Demons can hide behind objects. And so I grab this thing, I throw it out, I repray over the room, I get to sleep with full peace, and everything changed in that room. So, so, so there was witchcraft, there was, there was demonic uh, spirits attached to that little thing that they probably bought from a market in Bali, thinking that it's a nice decorative thing. But how many know we're in a war? How many know we're in a war? You don't hear about this stuff in church, but how many know we're in a war? So, so, so I, 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 um, I got rid of it and everything changed. I go and move out into the Bible college house with those boys and I am literally, like it's like it won't stop. I am getting choked on my bed. One night I got choked and thrown up against the wall like something like a horror movie. I'm calling all the boys in the, in the house. We're praying, we're doing everything. Again, nothing's shifting. Anyway, finally realized that in my TV cabinet, there was a drawer and it was just like a junk drawer. You know, like one of those drawers you kind of put anything in and it just ends up being junk. It hadn't been cleaned out since I got saved. Well, within that, those of you that know I came from um, a, a Turkish background, I had a lot of those blue um, evil eyes. Yeah, that's why I hate, I hate them with a passion because that was my number one like thing that attacked me um and i also had this uh necklace that was from an imam a priest uh priest um that had a uh, a scroll in it from the quran had a writing on it, a scroll and that was meant to give you good luck and blah 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 and i would i would um i would wear this thing anyway so i obviously hadn't worn it since i got saved and so we start emptying out this drawer and there were nine different things that came out of it. We counted them, nine. nine. Evil eyes, different charms and bracelets and all kinds of things. And then we grabbed that necklace and it was physically hot. Physically hot. Like it was, it was, it was hot to the touch. And so we threw it in the bag. We went outside and lit a bonfire and we threw it all out. As we, as we burnt it, when we put that necklace in the fire, a literal scream came out of the fire, a shriek. Like that never got touched again in that room. So you can scream the name of Jesus and say, God, where are you? But if you've invited the demonic into your house and into your life, you can scream and pray and anoint all you want. You've got to get rid of the item. You've got to get rid of that connection with witchcraft. You've got to get rid of and close the door so the enemy, the Bible says, don't even give the enemy a foothold. Don't give the enemy a foothold. I remember one time here in New Zealand, just to give you an idea of um, how real this is, this is probably about three, maybe four years ago, I can't name which um, motorcycle gang it was, but me and a friend that used to be here, Nathan, some of you know him, um, we got called to the president of the bikey gang's house because his girlfriend um, was struggling with suicide and they didn't know what to do. Anyway, we got to the house and, uh, and you know, we're... we're talking to them about the Lord, and they're like open as, they're scared, they're petrified. This is, this is the president of this particular bike again. And so we go there, and I'm asking her questions and just trying to find out what's going on. Anyway, she says that her friend committed suicide two weeks prior to this. 
her best friend, okay? She loved her friend, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so she's in this like mourning period. She goes to the tangi and for some reason, um, somebody gave her a necklace that this woman was wearing. It was like her favorite necklace and she thought that, you know, she would love to have it and she, you know, grabbed it and she had it on her neck. And she's like, you know, it's, I said, so how long has this been going for? She said, ever since the funeral. And so she can't put two and two together. And I'm saying, ever since, ever since the funeral, well, what happened at the funeral? When did you get that necklace? Oh, I got it at the funeral. I got it at the tongue. And so ever since two weeks ago, I've never had um, suicidal thoughts in my life, but now I can't stop thinking about it. I stay up at night. I attempted it. That's why they called us. They were like freaking out. Why is she wanting to commit suicide? Well, it's because she grabbed that thing and the spirit of death was on it and she put it on herself and now the same spirit that drove that poor woman to kill herself was now after her. And I said, listen, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to be a better person. You don't need to, you, you need to give your life to Jesus, number one. So we led her to the Lord. But number two, you need to get rid of that necklace. No! Oh, that's how you know it's a problem. When the Lord points it out and you're like, oh, I can't get rid of it. And anyway, after some talking to her, showing her in the Bible how serious this is and explaining to her, this is why you feel like you actually want to commit suicide. We pulled it off of her. We actually took it um, and threw it out ourselves, prayed for her, and the suicidal thoughts stopped completely. So sometimes you don't need to pray. Sometimes you actually just need to get rid of the thing that's inviting the spirit in. So, Why are believers so disconnected from talking about this stuff? Why is this such a, 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 a rare message? Why don't we hear it in the churches? I think just simply because of bad theology. Well, I'm covered in the blood. Yeah, you are covered in the blood. Your spirit is sanctified, holy, and the enemy cannot touch you. But what I am super passionate about is seeing believers come into the freedom that Jesus paid for. And sometimes, because of lack of knowledge, because of lack of anyone being brave enough to open it up for us, we, we sit in things, we have open doorways that we don't know are open, and we just need somebody to say, hey, that's an open doorway, it offends God, it's opening up the demonic, close that thing and you'll be set free. And so what did King Josiah do? Here's this young, crazy, on-fire king, and he's got the nation at his hands. And so what he does, and he starts getting rid of some things. Before he does, we want to answer this question. Well, what is witchcraft? <coughs> Excuse me. What is rich witchcraft? Witchcraft, I know the obvious stuff, seances, blah, 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 all that stuff. But witchcraft is any, this is um, the definition from Derek Prince, and I like this one. Domination intimidation, manipulation. Any domination, because what does the Bible say? The Bible says that we are to have dominion over creation, not over people. Yes? So the Bible says we have dominion over creation, the fish of the sea, the land, the birds, the plants, the trees. We're meant to cultivate a, a place here on earth that we as sons and daughters of the Most High God have dominion over. Yes? But what happens is, People try and have dominion over people. And the Lord never asked us to do that. See, when a husband is a narcissistic, controlling husband, he's actually practicing witchcraft without knowing it. So when you, you cause your wife and you say to her, you can't do A, B, and C, and you want to control the marriage, control the situation, what you're doing is asserting witchcraft and opening up a demonic door for a witchcraft spirit to come into your marriage. Women who manipulate, not just women, but men, but I'm going man and woman here, women who manipulate their husbands to get what they want, manipulate a situation, manipulate the atmosphere by, by, by doing things that actually cause the man to be afraid to even speak up. Manipulation is witchcraft. Intimidation is witchcraft. Anything that puts it over somebody else intimidates them. It's the enemy. I'm now going to scare you so that you, this sense of fear that rises up in you. Intimidation, any domination, intimidation or manipulation. This is witchcraft. This is the essence. And you could sum it all up in control. 
Witchcraft seeks to control other people. So you can have a pastor, a leader, that actually is in witchcraft by controlling his people. And actually not allowing them and raising the ceiling above their heads in the spirit. Instead, he puts the ceiling on it. And Jesus said this to the Pharisees, didn't he? He said, you shut up the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You control what the Lord is able to do. So leaders can do this. People in the church can do it to pastors. They can manipulate and control with money. And so they give a big amount of money into the offering and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're wanting to have influence in the church's decisions and over the pastors and what they're going to do in the vision of the church. They can come in the form of prophetic words. They can come in the form of this is what the Lord's saying and what they're actually doing is manipulating a situation to get their way. It's not prophetic, it's demonic. It's manipulation, it's control. So King Josiah, man, he goes wild. I love him. He goes wild. He starts throwing stuff out. He's offending people. He doesn't care. I said to my wife, this, I said, hey, here's what I feel the Lord's telling me to do. It's the freedom. We are freedom series. We need to get free from demonic spirits and witchcraft. We need to close some doors. I'm going to name some things. And she's like, you better be sure this is God because we're going to empty out the church. You better be sure this is God. See manipulation? No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But it is the Lord, and so I know. We, we gave up our rights a long time ago, eh? Man, when we were at the race course with, with, I don't know, 20 people, we were like, God, we just want to please you. We just want to please you. And if people love it, then they love it. If they don't, they don't. But here we go. So what did King Josiah do? Well, verse 4 to 6, he got rid of the idols in the temple. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the, the high priest, the priest of the second order and the doorkeepers, to bring out the temple of all the Lord's articles that were made for Baal, Asherah, that's where you get Asherah poles from, for all the hosts of heaven. He burnt them outside Jerusalem and the, in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then he removed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn the incense on high places and the cities of Judah and in the places all around Jerusalem and those who burnt incense to Baal, to the sun and to the moon, to the consolations and all to the hosts of heaven. And they brought out the wooden images from the house of the Lord. They got rid of the idols to the brook Kidron outside the Jerusalem, burnt it at the brook Kidron and ground it to ashes and threw its ashes on the graves of the common people. So in verse four to six, that's what they did. In verse five, they got rid of all the astrology. They got rid of all of the worship to suns and moons and constellations, somehow thinking that the stars or your star sign might give you some kind of guidance in life. That's witchcraft. You are opening up doors to the demonic, and it may not have a difference in your life right now, but 10 years later, that thing will rise up and you'll wonder, why is my falling apart because I've opened up the door and I've trusted astrology and star signs over Jesus who actually has my life in his hands. Verse 8, he gets rid of idolatrous priests. He brought all the priests in. And he's like, you guys have got the wrong attitude, the wrong motive. He demotes some people. He gets rid of them. Everyone's upset. King Josiah's gone mad. The young buck, he's preaching too heavy. He's preaching too strong. Verse 10, he gets rid of the ritual sacrifices of children. They would sacrifice children, we just read, to the God of Molech, which is the same spirit that is running around today for abortion. It's the spirit of Molech. It's a, it's, abortion is a demon sacrifice to the God Molech. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. Now, if you've had an abortion, I had a, a girlfriend before I got saved and met my beautiful wife, and we had an abortion because we weren't ready for it. Now, when I got saved, I dealt with it, forgiven, set free. There is no guilt and no condemnation. But let me tell you, Christians, the moment we start thinking abortion is okay, and we're like, oh, it's all good. No, it's not. It's a demon sacrifice to the God Molech. There's no two ways about it. Look 
what it says. He defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire to Molech. This is the spirit that's still alive today and actually more alive than ever before. All right, I'm going to go through some examples of demonic doorways and witchcraft. I'm going to get all up in your face, and I apologize in advance. Number one, and you might not think this is it, but it's very interesting. My wife actually read from it last week, Galatians 3, verse 1 to 3. Galatians and Ephesians, here we go. I don't think I gave it to the team, but I'll just quickly read it. Galatians 3, verse 1 to 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has put a spell on you? Some versions say, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was uh, portrayed clearly among you as crucified? Legalism is a form of witchcraft. It's not just, it's actually witchcraft because what legalism does is it controls people. You can't do A, B and C. So legalism actually puts a roof over the people and it controls them. It's witchcraft. What did Paul say? He comes in back to the churches in Galatia and he says, who's put a spell on you? Who has put a spell on you? So he, he uh, connects legalism with witchcraft. He comes back and the church is legalistic and he doesn't say, you people, you're too legalistic. He says, someone's put a spell on you. Someone's actually bewitched you. There's witchcraft going on in the church. That's why the people are legalistic. So legalism, legalism. My wife preached an amazing message last week about being free from religion. And and it busted open some doors in the spirit for some people because it's a witchcraft controlling, domineering spirit that's over your life if you're under legalism. And Jesus came to give you freedom. He came to set you free. Number two, here we go, dream catchers going to name them. There's no way to pretty preach this, okay? I can't pretty preach this. Dream catchers. If you have dream catchers, you are opening up demonic doorways to your life. They don't catch dreams. They catch demons. Please, just get rid of them. Psychics, going to psychics, online, in person, mediums, fortune tellers, people who can talk to the dead. Listen to me. It is witchcraft. The believer does not need this in their life. Well, it's so real. How did they tell me that when I was 14, I had an accident? I'll tell you how they did, because the demon that's with them was there with you when you had the accident at 14. They tap into a dark sorcery power that is, it's, of course, they're getting information from the spirit that you and I can't have. Christian, psychics, mediums, fortune tellers, there is no place for it in your life. There's no place for it in your life. Crystals, I'm going to get up in people's business now. Crystals. I, I feel the agitation in the room and I'm glad for it. Crystals, get rid of Crystals. Just get rid of them. Stop trying to argue, well, God made the stone and da, da. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Let me, just, let, me just, let me just give you a little bit of what I've looked up online. Mind you, my mom, heavy into crystals. I love it a bit. So I had crystals everywhere that I needed to get rid of when I got saved. The rose quartz, which is one of the most popular ones. The ultimate beauty crystal. Known... As the crystal of Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, it opens up and purifies the heart at all levels while delivering inner healing. Listen, Jesus delivers inner healing. Not your rose quartz. Get rid of it, man. Red jasper, known throughout history as the goddess's stone and as the symbol of bold beauty. It's the, it's the stone of the goddess that gives you vibrancy and endurance. Get out of here, man. You are inviting a demon into your life. Get rid of it. Don't get too spiritual about it. Just grab the crystal and throw it out. I'm having fun emptying the church this morning. I love you. Actually, the Lord loves you. That's why he told me to preach this. Freedom, man. Real freedom comes when you get rid of all this stuff. 
I was going to say this one, but I'm going to. It's called guasha. Guasha. It's a new craze that's going around, and it's crystals on the end of sticks, and people rub their faces with it. They're cursed. You are opening up a demon into your life. Get rid of those stones. Get rid of them. Did you feel the room change? Because it's all over Instagram. Just because it's on Instagram and it's on a reel doesn't make it okay. Get rid of it, man. I'm not, I'm not getting up in your grill to say you're a bad person. We don't know this stuff. And all we've got to do is, wow, I didn't realize that. Throw it out and move on with life. Get rid of it, man. These gua sha stones apparently are balancing the yin and the yang, the good energies and the bad energies. Oh, I look beautiful. Listen, the Bible says, he will renew your youth like wings of eagles. You don't need a gua shawa, sua shawa, gua. Sounds like tongues anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes. Pagan images up in posters, dragons and stuff. Get rid of any kind of pagan images. As I said before, star signs. You're not a Scorpio, you're a daughter of God. Idols, idols. Oh, this Buddha, it's just beautiful in the corner. It's bringing sickness to your house. Get rid of it. That carving, that thing that actually is meant to protect you or bring good vibes or energy into the atmosphere, it is witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Get rid of the thing. Now, this isn't legalism. This is just love. And for those of you in the room that move in deliverance, you know this to be true. And some people will hate me for it, but it's all good. Horror movies. You are opening up yourself to demons. I remember before I got saved, watching The Ring. I don't know if you guys, maybe I'm... The Ring, the thing comes out of the TV. Blah, blah, blah. I was at my mate's house, who was Filipino Catholic, idols house everywhere anyway. And I tell you what, the moment we stopped watching that film, in his kitchen, I watched it with my own eyes, all of the drawers and all the cupboards started opening and closing demonic we open up the people who make this stuff they're, they're into witchcraft this is real it has no place for the believer the bible says do not love the world or anything in it don't go anywhere near it it's not how close you can get i just stay away oh should i say it harry potter Why do we let our kids watch a little witch boy who does spooks and spells and we leave them on the TV to be babysat by a warlock? Christian, keep your kids away from things like Harry Potter. This is the devil coming into your life and it might seem all good and fine now, but it's opening up a doorway for the demonic and you do not want to have to deal with it calling on angels in an unbalanced way to come and invo be involved in your prayer life instead of, instead of actually just, you know, oh, you know, see people say, oh, Gabriel came and spoke to me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Stop it with that nonsense. The angels obey the word of God. You don't need to have a relationship with angels or dead saints or anyone from the dead. You do not need that. It is an open door for the demonic in your life and it has no place in our life. Meditation, to blank out your mind and somehow connect with God because all of the other thoughts are gone. So I have to empty myself before I can connect with Jesus. That's called Christian Buddhism. The only thing we meditate on is the Word of God. We meditate on the Word of God. You don't need to empty yourself. You can walk into the throne room of grace with boldness, the Bible says. You don't need to empty yourself. And listen, some of us are giving our kids apps. Oh, I'm going to get people upset. Mindfulness. Oh, it's no, no, it's harmless, Pastor. I don't believe it. It's not what you believe. It's what it is. I just want to get my kid mindful and just let them breathe to the chanting and just it's Buddhism I know Will believes me 
This guy's full of the Holy Ghost. just have to go for it man burning incense I, I, I am actually not I, I don't think if you just like the smell go for it but when I have Christians who say to me leaders in churches who say to me Adam if your kids are stressed out just burn a bit of peppermint in your incense and it will help declutter their brain. That's witchcraft. That's control and manipulation over somebody's body, over somebody's soul and over somebody's mind. Christian, you do not need to burn incense to change the atmosphere of your house. Do you know what will change the atmosphere of your house? Worshipping Jesus, speaking good things, meditating on the Word of God. I'm just going to go there. Some have even been hooked into a pyramid scheme selling these things to other Christians. Churches filled with people that are burning incense and saying this incense will help you think better. This incense will help you do this better. This incense will make your child behave better. It is demonic. Oh, man. I'm not saying incense in itself is demonic. I'm saying incense to change the atmosphere or the mood or the something of your house, of you or of your children. No different to crystals. So if you do it because you like the smell, I like the smell too. Necromancy, talking to the dead. You know, pastor, I just love it because my, my, um, my auntie, she died seven years ago and ever since... Um, she died on her birthday. She comes into the kitchen, and I smell an apple pie. She always used to. She always used to um, make me an apple pie, and I can smell the apple pie, and I can smell. And, and it's like she comes and visits me and lets me know that she's okay. That's not your auntie. That's a demon. Your auntie is either in heaven or hell. One of two places. She's not in your lounge room. There's a familiar spirit in your lounge room that's conjuring up smells and coming to attack the very... Oh, man. Come on, church. Are we going to be Christians or are we going to be New Age Christians? Because that's what a lot of us are. You don't need that stuff in your life. Your dead relative is either in heaven or hell. Now... I'm not really fond of walking through everybody's house after t today's service. <laughs> so, I need you to know that you have the power of God inside you, and the name of Jesus can stop if you've got it going on in your house. You don't need to call me. You can do it. I don't need to be the superhero. I want to equip you to take authority over your own house. <laughs> Whoo! Your relative in the house. I've been, I've prayed for so many houses where, oh man, I've got story after story. Pastor, this thing's going on. We hear footsteps in the hallway. It's my grandma. No, it's not. Obvious ones, Ouija boards. I got involved in Ouija boards and seances before I came to Christ. I had to renounce it and get rid of it because it opens up the doors to the occult and to demonic stuff going on in your life. It's pretty obvious, but if you've been involved in that, you need to... You need to get it broken up your life. Going and being involved in places that open up by calling and welcoming on the spirits of the ancestors. I've got news for you. Same thing. Don't be involved in calling on the spirit of your dead uncle who actually raped someone. You call on that spirit and you know what happens? The spirit that caused him to rape someone will now be on you. We welcome the spirits of the ancestors? What? The only spirit that is welcome in the Christian's life is the Holy Spirit. I do it too. In my culture, in my culture, in Turkish culture, we honor everybody that's there. I'm not talking about honor. We welcome the spirits to come and be involved in our conversations, in celebrations. No, this is witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Any object or item that you think gives you luck, protection, safety, strength, or wards off bad spirits, 
or somehow that thing is up on your house or around your neck or on your wrist or wherever it might be and that thing you believe that is doing something that Jesus actually wants to be for you, it's an idol, it is witchcraft and you need to get rid of it. There's no two ways about it. So, but pastor, I gave this thing, it's from my auntie and my auntie's auntie and my it's seven generations down. Okay, what does it mean to you? If it's seven generations down and the thing means nothing to you, then all good. It's actually not a problem. But if you think somehow you're being watched over or it's giving you strength or it's, or it's giving you protection, it's witchcraft. You need to get rid of it. Can we get the band up, please? I'm going to finish off with a passage of scripture because I need to go Bible at the start, Bible at the end so you don't think I'm a heretic. That was the Old Testament version, but let's listen because you're like, man, this is the Old Testament. Josiah was Old Testament. We're under grace, pastor. It's grace. You don't pray for people with spirits. Acts 19, 11 to 20. Oh, man. Whew, let's stand to our feet. You've got to receive this with open hearts. God worked unusual miracles. Unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. This is the book of Acts, New Testament. So that even the handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought uh, from his body to the sick, the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? You don't want that to happen to you. You don't want to be casting out a devil and it speaks up and says, I know Jesus. I know Apostle Paul. But who are you? Church, we got to get on hell's most wanted list. There is a most wanted list and you need your picture on there. Anyway, that's another message. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowering them, prevailed against them, and they fled out the house naked and wounded, yeah? Because they were throwing around the name of Jesus without intimate relationship with Him, without any authority in the Spirit. They were, they were just doing the Christian stuff. So this became known to both all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now listen to this. And many who had believed. This is normal now. This is a picture of normal repentance, normal Christianity, the way we should all coming to Christ. This is what we're about to read here. Then they came and they put their hands up and they said a prayer. They got a connect card and they went home. No. Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practice magic, some versions say forms of witchcraft and sorcery, brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So this wasn't just like, oh, this was valuable stuff. They gave it to the Lord and they said, this is my old life and I'm burning it and I'm moving on for Christ. And listen to this, this is the part, this is why I preached it, because the Lord spoke to me through verse 20. And the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. See what most of us leaders think is that if we preach a strong message like this and cause people to actually give up their old life, we'll empty the church. And I know I joked about that before, but you know what I think will happen? You'll get free and the church will grow. That's what I actually think will happen because the Word of the Lord grew mightily and the Bible says it had powerful effect. Powerful effect. I feel the Holy Ghost. See, people are sick of, people are sick of churchianity. Man, we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm in. So many services we've had people come and bring all their marijuana and their drugs and their bongs and their gear and their crack pipes and all of their old CDs and books and anything that represented their old life. 
and they lay it at the altar. I've heard people put marijuana in this bucket because they're like, I'm done. I'm over. I'm finished with that life. This is Christianity. This is the kind of church that we want to build. People who are all in. People who don't care what normal looks like anymore. The Lord is raising up an army of people who know how to get rid of their old life and go all in for Jesus. Oh man, let me tell you, it's going to take an army of people who are completely sold out, who know how to close the doors of the demonic witchcraft over their life, who say, man, it might be uncomfortable, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to watch that anymore. I'm going to throw that thing in. I'm I'm going to start to live holy. Let me tell you, God is ready. He's coming back for a holy bride. He's coming back for a pure church. it in the sight of all. So here's what we're going to do. One, you feel agitated and you know you've got demonic stuff going on. So there's two sides of this. One is that some of us need prayer. We actually need the thing broken off of our life. It's not hard or we don't need to make a big deal of it. The second side of it Here's, I'm just, we're just going to have, can we have like revival? Because I look around and I see hungry hearts. I see like a revival stirring. And so the way we're going to fuel that is I'd love um, someone to just take it upon themselves. I really feel this from the Lord. We need to go and we need to get something and we need to put it out there in the, the, the back car park and everyone goes home and gets all of their gear that they need to throw out. We're going to bring it back and we're going to light the thing on fire. Just like they did in the book of Acts. We're going to light the thing on fire. You're like, Adam, you're crazy, maybe. But that's why I asked you at the start, do you really believe the Word of God? Do you really believe this thing? Like, are you radical as you say you are? Imagine what it would look like if we actually got rid of all of our gear that that has opened up doors to the demonic. We threw away all of our crystals. We got rid of all of our tarot cards. We got rid of anything that remotely represents the darkness of the world. Imagine we went all in for Jesus and said, my life is yours. It's not my own anymore. Do with me what you will. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed. One, you need to repent you need to say, God, I've been toying with stuff that's new age. I've been toying with stuff that's Buddhist and it's dark. It's, I'm mixing stuff in. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. You just come forward and you feel like, man, there's this, like I'm, I'm, un, I'm uneasy right now. The Spirit of God is moving through this place and you feel like, man, there's demonic stuff inside of me that's getting agitated. You need to come forward and lay it at the feet of Jesus and let him set you free today. Let him set you free today. Let him set you free today. The other type of person is you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you once walked with him, but you're like, Adam, this message has made me realize how how much I need him, how much I'm all in, how much I just want to get rid of all of my old junk. Come forward, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. To get better connected to our church, visit our website at freedomcenter.nz.